Tell me. The World Wheelchair Curling Championship did take place this past of weekend. Course. We did not comment on it on the episode back on Tuesday. So congratulations to Latvia on the mixed double side and China on the four-person side on their World Championship victories. Canada did quite well in both undefeated through the round robin on the mixed double side. And then the playoffs happen. We don't need to talk about what happened in the playoffs, but it's a really good week for them through the round robin and a silver medal for Canada on the four-person side. So congratulations to the Canadians on two good weeks. The Chinese side, Scott, I said on one of our bold predictions that China would win a world championship this calendar year or a major championship this calendar year. They've won two now between the men's world juniors and now the wheelchair. I did say that the wheelchair was probably their best chance because that team is dominant, uh, that Chinese wheelchair team. Uh, And they continued that run of dominance there this week. So bold prediction coming true. And I will say that I know it was because of the pandemic and Olympics and then things getting shifted around. I liked when the World Wheelchair Championship was more of a standalone and when it's going against the Briar, it, at least for us in this country, it's hard to kind of focus and, and focus on as much as I would like to on it. There's just, I don't have enough bandwidth to keep track of it all. When yeah. it was in the fall last year, it was great. There was nothing else major going on and it really could take center stage. So I kind of want to go back to maybe not the fall, but just not against the Briar. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I, I mean, the World Curling Federation has you know only so many weeks to, yeah. to program all their events uh it, it is too bad some part of the good news is that they gave updates at the, on the briar broadcast so maybe yeah. some people that wouldn't have known about it otherwise uh were at least able to get updates uh which is good and yeah that's a bad job by us last week i had the tab open on my computer <laughs> uh, it's actually still open yeah. uh, right now I, I just like left it open yeah. so uh yeah bad job by us but uh, yeah. good catch on and with that We will turn our attention to the Women's World Curling Championship scheduled to kick off on Saturday over in Sweden. This is going to be the first Women's World Curling Championship in Europe since 2019. Am I right on that? I believe that you're right on that. Yeah, which was in, I want to say Denmark. Okay. Maybe Maybe I'm wrong. We'll have to we'll have to fact check that one, but I'll, uh, I'll fact check on the fly. Yeah, so it'll be our first uh, time for the women back there since pre-pandemic. There are 13 teams in the field. We're going to have a round robin top six into the playoffs. The top two get by to the semifinals. 
the other four playoff in quarterfinals, which aren't really quarterfinals because there's only two of them. They're like semi-semifinals, mm. if you want to get like really pedantic about it. Two winners, obviously, into the gold medal game. Two losers of those semifinals into the bronze medal game. Scott, we do this for the Briar and the Scotties. I would like to introduce it to our world championship previews this year. There are 13 teams in the field. How many can win? One, two. Oh, you've already gone too many. Uh, so sorry. Uh, the answer is one. Uh, history has proven this. Uh, Sylvander Terenzoni. That the list is <laughs> the list is one. <laughs> oh, Sean. Now, who's the one that's uh, throwing shade at Madalena Dupont now? Jeez, uh, I get all the crap for it, but uh, you heard it here first. Sean's counting them out. <laughs> okay, so no, but it, in all in all seriousness, yeah. How many do you think can win? Three. Switzerland, Sweden, Canada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your list is three. Throw, throw might, Dupont in there as the fourth if you want, because she just won the Euros. I wasn't I, I wasn't necessarily even thinking Dupont. I, I'm going to give you hell for it, but I was even thinking Fujisawa. She's okay. won a Grand Slam, yeah. uh, won the Pan Continental. Anderson was in that field, so that's certainly possible uh, yeah, for I her to that. win. I think we're I think we're talking a top three tier, yeah. and then another tier just slightly below that's like probably fujisawa dupont and maybe the u.s with Tabitha i think Peterson. constantini too uh they're close they're 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 ascending they're ascending but i wouldn't put them in that group just yet well scott what we can do here is uh, we'll go through the field all 13 teams i have organized them with my sean's power rankings Ooh, i like this uh, i like this power rankings uh will you right. give us your metric who i think has the best chance to win okay i guess as you, uh, you know just based purely on that it's a totally subjective metric good i like that all right so let's start with the aforementioned switzerland there at the top of my rankings sylvana tiranzoni has won the past three women's world curling championships which takes us back to 2019 because of course there was no championship in 2020 last year they went 14 and 0 in the world's 12 and 0 in the round robin obviously and then won their two playoff games change in lineup of course the front end is now different carol howald and briar schwaller hurleman are the front end so they are not part of this run they were both seeking their first world championships on the season 62 and 18 just give me a break on, on that here's what i thought was a really interesting stat though scott without the hammer this year they have scored 149 points in 300 ends without the hammer they're scoring they've scored 149 points in three almost a half a point and end without the hammer without the hammer yeah they've given up as you would expect more points at 263 points against per end that is less than one per end and if you net that out they're giving up half a point per end on average when they do not have the hammer that is incredibly good I think very efficient. Uh, they are scoring 1.24 when they do have the hammer. So a 0.75 difference 
in their point scoring. That is really big. Uh, in 300 ends, again, without the hammer, they've only given up 39 multiples. This team's really, really good. Yeah. Sylvana Terenzoni is a little fiery. Alina Pats is, I know we say this a lot. She just looks over and is like, what are you worried about? I'm Alina F. Pats. Going for four in a row, it's obviously not going to be easy, but it's hard to, we said this with Carrie Anderson too, it's hard to say that they're not the favorite. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? To three in a row, nobody else has won a world championship during that quad. They're the ones to beat. And so, yeah, it'd be kind of silly to pick against them until they lose. Yeah. Different front end, as you mentioned, maybe that's something, but they, they haven't missed a beat all year. No, uh, it's possible for them good. to lose for sure, but they got to be the number one team with a bullet. I, I think your power rankings are spot on so far. All right. Well, then let's see if they continue with my number two ranked team. That's going to be Sweden. I'm putting Anna Hasselberg in this spot. They go nine and three last year. Fourth place finish. Lost the bronze medal game to Kerry Anerson. Anna Hasselberg is pregnant, as is uh, Agnes Nockenhauer. They are both expecting in the summer. They are both going to play. Uh, so congratulations to the two of them, uh, expecting new additions to their respective families in the summertime. 39-19 and 19 on the season. They shockingly missed the playoffs at the European Championships. They have done no better than a quarterfinal at any of the slams this, year's, this season. In the world play down which is different from the swedish national championship isabella rana took them to seven games in a best of seven series they of course won in that seventh game and they're giving up 6.05 points per game which is higher than normal for them so they're going to have to tighten up their defensive play in order to be there at the end of the week they can't be as loose as they have been this season on giving up those multiple and, and big ends. That's really what the departure has been this season from what we've seen in previous years. I think so. Yeah. And uh, they're maybe a little complacent uh, in a year coming off an Olympics. So sure. This is the time for them to maybe take their foot off the gas a little bit, take care of their families and, focus on that that said sean they're still the number one ranked team in the world uh they're they're pretty effing good and if you want to call them 1a or 1b to switzerland's 1a uh, you're not going to hear any argument from me but i I don't know what else to say that sweden are good yeah switzerland are good yeah uh when they play each other it's must must see tv yeah Absolutely. Uh, I wish I could take my foot off the gas and still be the best in the world at something or the top ranked in the world at something. That would be that'd be good. But uh, instead, we press on to uh, perhaps where you might start to disagree with my rankings here, Scott. Uh, I have Japan here in the third spot on my power rankings with Satsuki Fujisawa. They are 47 and 18 on the season. They're scoring 8.9 points per game, giving up 5.8. So just better than a three-point differential on average in their games. They, of course, did not play in the World Championship last year. So this is their first time back since the bubble. If you look at that without hammer stat, theirs is not quite as good as Switzerland, but without the hammer, they have scored 153 points, only given up 235 points. So their 
getting steals, which indicates some level of being aggressive, but not giving up big ends. So the net of that is very, very good. Their point against without the hammer is only 0.58. So just a little worse than what we've mm-hmm. seen with Tier so, But that is a very good number. Uh, they have won this season, the Pan-Continental Championship and the Canadian Open. And at the Pan-Continental, they beat Kerry Anderson twice in that event. That's why I have them ranked ahead of Kerry Anderson here. Now, you could look back earlier in the season and say, hey, Sean, they've played each other more than twice this season. And I would say, close that window on your browser. Let's just talk about the two at the Pan-Continental Championship. Uh, But that's why I have them ahead, only for that reason. They're really good. We've seen them go on runs. In all reality, you play this event 100 times. Carrie Anderson probably should be ahead of them on, on a power ranking. But... I do just want to highlight that they can win. They are very capable of winning a world championship, I think, at this point. Yeah, I think they definitely can. I am going to fact check you here, Sean, because Anderson actually beat Fujisawa in draw eight. Okay, my apologies. Nine, nine to three. Fujisawa did win in the playoff round. Okay. So uh, you have it one there. One. one six to five in that game so one and one um looking at her line scores this year a lot of close games even the even the losses were close so this is a team that's going to keep keep it in the game i think that you're not wrong to put them third they can win i would suggest that carrie anderson is probably more likely to win than Fujisawa. Mm-hmm. That's just uh, my feeling sure. on it. But uh, I, I understand why you put them here. Uh, they're they're quite good. So yeah, I'm looking at Ken Palm's rankings. Uh, Fujisawa number four in the world behind Anderson, uh, Tiranzoni, and Homan with Anna Hasselberg just behind. So this is the right ballpark. Well, then uh, next, uh, perhaps no surprise, I, of course, do have Madalena DuPont. <laughs> no, of course, it is Carrie Anderson in the four spot for me. She went nine and three last year en route to a bronze medal, 45-14 on the season. Of course, just saw her at the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. Their only loss was in the Friday Fun Fest where they decided, hey, uh, winning the Scotties isn't hard enough. Let's go the long way through the page playoff. That's the only possible explanation for what happened there. That was their only loss. Bronze at the Pan Continental Championship, having lost the semifinal to Fujisawa uh, to put them in that bronze medal game. I believe they beat the United States and Tabitha Peterson in that bronze medal game. They have won the Masters this season and were a finalist at the National and the Tour Challenge. They've had a really good slam record. Scott, we said it before, the Scotties, they're very, very good. The real question this week, as opposed to the Scotties, is can they now get that, I'll say, elusive world championship? But when you look at the context of what has happened to them, didn't have the chance in 2020. 2021 was so weird in the bubble, and they had been there for so long. And so who knows? And then last year was still kind of up in the air, not real prep time. The Scotty was kind of strange still. Did get a bronze medal there. This is kind of their first, like, quote-unquote, real or normal world championship. 
So we'll see if they can get that jump and get to the top of the podium for the first time. Yeah, and uh, getting the chance to go, you know, out of Canada to play it. There's something about being the home team, but also a bit of pressure that comes with that. So being able to to go over to Sweden, not have to deal with as much media as there would yeah. be uh, at home, might be good. Looking at their record this year, you talked about uh, all of that. What I'll point out is that against teams that are outside of the top 10, uh, in, in Ken Palm's rankings anyway, they've lost one game all season wow. to teams ranked 11 and higher. So, or, and lower. So uh, where, where it's going to be is those games against Fujisawa and Tirazoni and Hasselberg. It, it's, yeah. it, it's against that group that, that is going to be tough. Tabitha Peterson, maybe, uh, Madalena DuPont, maybe, but, uh, they can win this. No doubt. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's critical, but perhaps it'd be very beneficial for them to finish first or second, get that buy right into a semifinal. I think maybe it would help more a lot. so yeah. than some of the other teams, perhaps that uh, you know, the, than a team like Hasselberg or, or Tiranzoni, who have like you just wonder about how hard it is to get out of Canada. They all talk about that, and now to have done it for the fourth straight time, one of those opportunities for a Worlds was taken away through no faults of your own, obviously, but you wonder how in, internally you're like, Oh wow. Like how often are we going to get this chance? Uh, do you put some more pressure on yourself? So if you can get into that one, two spot, get that by to semi, I think that'll do them a world of good. Yeah. They, they, they've got a tough schedule at the gate playing uh Hasselberg first and yeah. then uh, the U S the next day, uh, the U S and Norway on uh, Sunday and then Monday, it's Italy and Scotland. So a bit of a gauntlet to get through first. But if they're able to come through that and, and they'll be well positioned by the end of the week to uh, get one of those two buys. All right, well, let's move on then to who I have in the fifth spot of my power rankings. This might surprise you a little bit. I'm going with Korea and the team of Sungyun Ha, Hyrin Kim, Tai Yang, and Sujin Kim. And the reason, Scott, that I have them in this fifth spot, uh, they did win the silver medal at the Pan Continental Championship. They also just won the silver at the World Universiad Games that were held in Lake Placid. They are 52 and 26 on the season. They are scoring a lot of points. They score nine points a game. But ultimately, the reason I have them as high as I do is that it's really hard to get out of Korea on the women's side. Mm-hmm. And just to get through that, you have to be really good. It's the field might not be as deep as Canada, but it's to the point where if you are team Korea, if you win that event in the summer and and get to be team Korea for the rest of the year, almost by definition, you're really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're playing uh, a lot of really good teams. They traveled a lot, played a lot. I'll caution by saying they're five and 15 against teams in the top 25 they're very young yeah that comes by being a young team that just plays plays a lot of games against uh against those teams which is good right you want to be playing those games uh, in the first place so if you're playing 20 of them you're doing well by getting into the big events against some of those uh topper top rated teams so uh, i'm a little surprised you would put them ahead of Denmark, Sean, clearly you hate (laughs) 
Madalena Dupont, and uh, that's fine. All right. Well, let's move on to the next team. I'm going with the USA, Tabitha Peterson, in this spot. 39 and 19 on the season. They have a semifinal finish at the Masters this year. They went undefeated at the USA Curling Championship. They are 0.47 points against without the hammer. So, again, that number is even better than what. Sylvana Terenzoni was doing. So that's a number that I think I'm going to just keep an eye on now moving forward. I'm very interested by it. Uh, so very efficient there uh, on the season. But one of the reasons I have them is high. Part of this might be just a bias towards what I've seen and who I've seen more of. I watched a lot of those USA Curling Championships because they were on YouTube. Who knew that just having it readily available on YouTube uh, was uh, easier to find than perhaps elsewhere. But Tabitha Peterson was so good at that event, and they all as a team collectively were very good that it's, you know, maybe recency bias again. Maybe it's just because I've, I've seen so many of those games or I saw so many of those games, but man, they were good that week. And I, I hope for them that it carries over. Yeah, I, I th- this is um, definitely the team I would put here next. Strong year, as you've said. Not so great against teams in the top 25, uh, under 500, but they're capable of being anyone. And like you say, without the hammer, uh, they can be very, very dangerous. So this is a team that I expect to be in the playoffs at the end of the week. All right, well, let's move on to another team that uh, we always expect to be in the playoffs, Scott. Yes, the time has finally come. Denmark, Madalena Dupont. They went 7-5 and five last year to capture the final playoff spot. They finished in sixth place last year, but this fall, everything came together. The planets aligned, the stars shone, and Madeleine Dupont was your European curling champion. We don't have to talk about what's happened since for her this season because she won the Euros, damn it. And Scott, uh, playoffs last year, Euro champion. I mean... The field still is what the field is with Russia not being allowed to participate, with China having not sent a team to the pan-continental and therefore not a Chinese team here. Those are two teams that regularly compete at a very high level who aren't here. So that changes just the dynamic a little bit. But acknowledging that that is the reality, her making the playoffs was a lot of fun. Her winning the Euros was fun. She can make the playoffs again in this field. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to back off of my no, she can't, <laughs> given that uh, they did. They they yeah. won the Euros. That I mean, that's pretty crazy that they won the Euros, to, to be honest. It is. But that, yeah, they, they did that. That is a thing that they did that yeah. is real, that we all experienced. And... So am I reverse jinxing her by saying she can do it? Maybe. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they can definitely make the playoffs. Uh, I, I think they're like the wide, widest variance, right? They could win it and they could finish uh, in 10th place. Like yeah. either, n- neither thing would be a shock. But they have been ascendant in the past few years. Yeah, yeah, of course. So it would be, I think it'd be a little surprising if they finished down the track that far in 10th. 
I mean, a little surprising, but I wouldn't yeah. be shocked by it, right? Like, right. It, well, of course like, you would, because yeah. you don't think they're any good. So, no, exactly. You know. So, like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the team that is going to be the host squad at the upcoming Olympic Games in 2026. That is Italy. Stefania Constantini, four and eight last year. Full lineup is back. They have not made a change, which does lead me to suggest that this is the lineup that they want to take with them into those Olympic Games, because that would have been a time to make a change. They went fourth at the European Championship this year, 43-32 on the season. They got a quarterfinal appearance at the event in Perth in Scotland. They have missed the playoffs in every other major event that they have played in so far this season. Only a .39 hammer efficiency and slightly concerning too, in the 75 games, they've given up 20 steals of two or more. That mm. seems like a lot in that number of games. So they're going to have to tighten it up a little bit uh, for sure here. But again, this is a team that's, and I think a program that yeah they'd like to win this world championship, but these type of events right now are in service of building to 2026. Absolutely. That's what they're building towards. Uh, no doubt about it. How did they do at the Euros, Sean? Fourth. That's uh, that's pretty good, and I think that's what they'll want is to like maintain playoffs at, at the Worlds, right? Uh, not get not have a setback in this sort of developmental curve. So that's the goal. Will they be able to get there? I, I wouldn't put them as a favorite for that, um, but they'll be in the mix for that uh, fifth and sixth playoff spots. All right, let's move on to another team that would like to be in the mix for those playoff spots. I'm going to put Germany here, Daniela Jentsch and her team. They finished 5-7 and seven last year outside of the playoffs. They are 44-32 and 32 on the season. They did miss the playoffs at the European Championship, going 5-4 and four over the week there. They have played in a couple of slams so far this season, 1-7 in those slam appearances. Overall, they are giving up 6.9 points per game. That's a lot of points to give up per game for a team that is this good and competing at this level. But at the same time, their force rate is 0.51 and their steal rate is 0.3. So that combines to not terrible. But when you look at their overall points against, it suggests that they're letting a lot of rocks in play. They're playing very aggressively and it's paying off for them in a bunch of ends. But in the totality of it, uh, it has not worked out well, more often than not, at the highest level uh, or against the highest competition so far this season. That's where putting rocks in play can come back and bite you. It's this classic uh, sort of fight and strategy about when we're playing a team that we know is better than us, do we keep it open, try to keep the score low, and give ourselves a chance at the end, or do we just put a bunch of rocks in play, try our best to make it hard for the other team to score with the hammer, just junk it up, right? It seems like that's the approach that they've taken uh, this year, this German team, and you're right. Uh, when another team is is technically better and can out-execute, it leads to bad results. So there'll be those games against uh, the top four, uh, top four or five teams that will sort of dictate how this week is going to go for them. 
Now, another team that is going to be looking at how they compete against those top teams, that is Scotland and Rebecca Morrison. This lineup includes Gina Aitken, Sophie Sinclair, and Sophie Jackson. They went 0-4 last year at the World Championship, 0-12. Better this year, obviously, because they've won some games. So they are 42-24 on the season. That's a nice little palindrome right there, Scott. Uh, They did win the or an event in alberta in october they got a bronze at the european championship and then obviously have come through scotland which is very competitive to get that spot the professor of peel is very very high on rebecca morrison and would probably say that i have her too low here in these rankings but given what happened last year if they can come out and go five and seven six and six that's a market improvement for them and if they make the playoffs even better and it's just really a question of how much did the experience last year serve them to set up for this season and how are they going to do at their second appearance at a world's yeah i think that's what they want to build on is is that success at the euro so Rather, rather than risk taking a step back, this this team like uh, outperformed all the other Scottish teams this year uh, at the Scottish Championships and earned their right to be here. But I don't know, right? Uh, against the tough competition, they have not shown this year that they're ready for that jump. Sure. So they'll want to be making the playoffs. I think that's a, a realistic goal to sort of climb ahead of Constantini, DuPont, maybe Korea for that uh, last playoff spot. But I, I, I'm i going to have to see it before I predict that. I think another team that's in a similar boat, that's Norway, Kristen Skazlian. Marianne Rorvik is throwing the four stones for them. Five and seven last year outside of the playoffs. Four and five at the European Championship to miss the playoffs. They did, though, Scott, last month win the Sun City Cup that was played there in Europe, beat Hasselberg in that event, a field that also included Dilsit Yildiz and Anna, or and uh, Daniela Jench, excuse me. So that was a pretty good field there at the Sun Cup, and they come out on top. So this is kind of like some of these teams that we talked about, the Scotties and the Briar, that the top teams can't sleepwalk through and expect to win, but the top teams on average should come out and and win right like Kristen Skazlin is a very good player she can compete at this level but if if she can she's going to really have to scrape and claw for everything and mm-hmm. maybe there's a, a path into the playoffs for her but it's going to be very very difficult yeah exactly it's it's going to be a difficult climb uh, as you mentioned played some of these teams that are in the field mixed results did beat Anna Hasselberg once but uh yeah, it's going to be hard work for them to uh, to qualify for the playoffs here, and their goal should be to stay, I think, in the eight pool, keep Norway up. Another team that's going to be looking to do that, that's Turkey. Dilsit Yildez, she went 2-10 and ten last season, 5-4 and four at the European Championship, though. That's a, a very strong performance then at the Euros. Also won the Latvia Challenge events, and went two and two at that Sun Cup or Sun City Cup, excuse me, uh, that Kristen Skazlian won. The issue that we have seen with Turkey at this event is 
not anything to do with the fourth thrower. It is the position that the fourth thrower is left in uh, when it's time for her to throw. So it's really going to have to be improvements in those front three to ensure that uh, Dilsat has more makeable shots, frankly, because we've seen it at the mixed doubles level that she can play. And I mean, yes, obviously everybody can improve a little bit, but she is just, and last year was just faced with so many tough shots. So I think part of that could be strategy, simplifying things a little bit. Part of it is going to be execution for the the front three players. But again, this is a team that you, you can't sleepwalk through a game against Turkey. Yeah, exactly. They're, they, they don't have a lot of success against teams in this field or teams in the top 10 this year. Do have some wins against them, a couple against Danielle Yench, Daniela Yench. Uh, but what's you're right, what's going to be important for them is making sure that uh, Dilsat has uh, makeable shots at the end of the end uh, and that they're in a position where they can either score or limit the opponent's scoring their four and five record at the euros was was great and got them into this world championship field so they're capable uh but that should be their goal is to build on this get the experience playing against these top teams and uh stay up in this a pool and finally rounding out the field it is new zealand jessica smith is skipping this side that went four and four at the pan continental curling championships to get this spot first time i believe for new zealand in the field holly thompson bridget becker natalie thurlow uh, round out this team really cool story too about jessica smith scott back in 2020 she was diagnosed with hodgkin's lymphoma she is thankfully now in full remission from that uh, so that's great to see she had qualified for the world mixed doubles event in 2020 which of course did not happen and then she could not play in 2021 as she was undergoing cancer treatment so hopefully she can uh, qualify out of new zealand again get into that spot uh, get back to that or get to that event but this is a wonderful story for them and i i hope they have a really good time i hope they learn a lot and i hope they win a game maybe two but it's going to be very very difficult for them yeah, it'll be it'll be tough for sure. I, I I agree. I think their best shot is to go out and sort of just play no fear, and by doing that, putting it all on the line, just like embracing the experience, they'll be able to have a good time and uh, soak in the experience because it is it is like really cool, right? You're at a world championship for a sport that you presumably love, so take the opportunity to really feel that and soak it in. Absolutely. So there you have it. The 13 teams that are in the field at the 2023 Women's World Curling Championship. Uh, as always, Scott, it's time to do the most foolish thing we do. At least, I guess, at least recently, the most foolish thing I do. You're on a roll. Uh, but you can't, well, I guess you can just pick the defending champion. <laughs> I guess you could just keep doing that if you want. But who are your four playoff teams? I know there's six playoff teams in the field, but we'll go with four. And who's your winner? So I'll pick four. I'll pick Switzerland, Canada, Japan, and USA. I'll leave Hasselberg out of that, which might be the, the stupidest thing I've done all year. <laughs> uh, and I'll, yeah, I'll just take the defending champions. Give me Switzerland. Uh, all right. They'll win until they don't. That's true. 
That's uh, very true. They will win until they don't. So I'm going to go with uh, Japan, Canada, Switzerland as well. I'm going to put Anna Hasselberg in there. And because it was one of my bold predictions in January, I'm going to go with Anna Hasselberg to win the 2023 Women's World Curling Championship. So this should be a very fun week. As always, for us here in Canada, TSN has all of the Team Canada draws. I believe the times are something like like 4 a.m., 9 a.m., 2 p.m. Eastern time on the difference between us and Sweden. So a little worse if you're on the West Coast, maybe. So it's five hours right now because they have not done... They have not adopted daylight saving time in Europe right. yet. So Okay, so 4, 4 a.m. would be right. Five for, hours difference. Yeah, so 4 a.m., yeah. 9, 4 a.m., 9 a.m., 2 p.m. 2 p.m., yeah, that's right. And uh, elsewhere in the world, wherever you are, there's whatever the local circumstances are. Obviously, Japan has its deal. Uh, there's the, the stuff in the U.K. I don't know what's going on in the U.S. with this one. If Olympic Channel or someone involved with NBC Universal will show it. And I'm fairly confident that it's going to be on recast if it's for things that aren't on TV in your region. I think it is going to have to be recast for your viewing I was going to say pleasure, but I don't know if you can say wow. viewing pleasure when talking about recast. Yeah. It's, uh, to view it. Yeah. That's yeah, how you view, view it. it. Yeah. View it. I will be uh, taking advantage of a VPN to uh, be able yeah. to watch, Sean, as I will be out of the country. Yes, you will. So uh, there you go. And anyone else who is traveling, potentially to the women's worlds, Safe travels. Enjoy yourselves. We will be back to chat all about it. So if you have not yet, please do subscribe wherever you get the shows. Do likes, comments, ratings, all that good stuff. Helps other people find the show. Keeps us growing. Head on over to All past episodes are there under the episodes tab. Check out the new merch store. Lots of great stuff out there. And you can follow along with social media at Game of Stones Pod, Twitter, and Instagram. Game of Stones podcast on Facebook. And if you want to let us know what you want to hear on the show, Game of Stones podcast at gmail.com. Scott, we're still going to give away the Elsa Craig print. Mm -hmm. That's going to go until Monday, the 20th, when Canada plays Scotland. So check out the social media feeds for entering that, which we're very excited about. Yep. Please do. It's over on Instagram and, uh, yeah, we'll be doing it right after the Scotland-Canada game, as you said. I thought that was pretty apt as yeah. a time to be uh, to be giving away uh, that print of Elsa Craig. And uh, the only other thing I could think of, Scott, is that the U-Sport National Championship kicks off this week. Always a fun time there. What is your best memory of curling while you were a university student? Sean, I'd say my best memory, I was playing in the BC Junior, uh, I don't think it was Provincials, but the the Coastal Playdowns, and my friend Tim, we invited him to be the fifth on our team because he didn't have anything else to do and he had never (laughs) curled before. His uh, preparation involved uh, procuring a big brown paper bag full of snacks that he labeled on the outside his bag of food Mm -hmm. and we were all set to go and then the ice plant in Chilliwack went down they had to (laughs) cancel 
canceled there. Go, we had to go to Tawasin instead to play, and there wasn't enough room in the car to bring Tim. <laughs> and he had to. He just sat at at uh, home in our dorm, playing video games and eating his bag of food that whole weekend. <laughs> so uh, that was my favorite memory of. Uh, yeah. I don't remember how we did. Uh, I don't <laughs> think. I don't think it was well. But you remember the bag of food. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Those are the those are the memories that we have along the way. There you go. Who well, cares about the outcome, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully some of the U Sport folks uh, playing this week have slightly better memories than a bag of food. Uh, and they remember at least one know. of the teams will remember what happens on the ice. Yes, one of the teams will. Yeah. So uh, good luck to all the competitors there. We will update once uh, that event is fully ongoing and then we have uh, some champions. But uh, always good to see things going on at the U Sport college level and uh, the future of the sport is there. So uh, very much looking forward to seeing what the results are there. And we will talk about it when we talk to you all again next week. So enjoy the curling, everybody. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you again next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.